How are we doing? Wonderful. Well, I want to take some limits off today. Anybody ready to do that with me? Does anybody know that your thoughts are the autopilot of your life? Your thoughts are the autopilot of your life. Well, what does that mean? Well, let's start this way. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you and I praise you for those that you've brought here today. Father, even as others come in, we've called them from the north, from the south, from the east, and from the west. And Father, we speak to every hindrance and call it to naught in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you that that hunger and that thirst for healing, for righteousness is amongst us and that inside of us just resides that very power that raised Jesus from the dead. And there's nothing impossible for you. All things are possible to him that believeth. But in Jesus' own hometown, he could not do many mighty miracles. And it doesn't say he would not. He said he could not because of unbelief. So right now, in the name of Jesus, we take authority right now of every unbelief, every unbelieving thought, every wondering thought, every what-if thought, because we know that you're the healer, that you've provided for us, and so we want none of us and all of you today. Holy Spirit, you just have your way. I yield my members as instruments of righteousness unto you, and whatever you decide to do, give us ears to hear, and that we will do, Lord. We'll be quick to hear and quick to obey in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Father, in advance for what you're doing here. I thank you for the creative miracles that we've asked for. I thank you for healing to manifest itself today. I thank you for eyes that see and ears that hear and that, Father, that we kick over those sacred cows and root out everything that is not of you so that healing can freely come, come forth. And, Father, I thank you that you've been faithful not only to heal but to open the chains of bondage, to disintegrate them and let the captives go free, and even areas we don't know that we're captive in, Father. And I thank you for it. We just honor you today. Holy Spirit, have your way. We're, we're, we're willing vessels, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I have a plan and a purpose for today, and um, I don't know about you, but I do know about me. I don't really give a hoot about my plan and purpose. I give a big hoot about God's. And so whatever's on the paper is one thing, but we're going to follow what um, I hear Holy Spirit say, and I've asked him if I'm not going the way he wants to scream. I'll stop. So if, you, if, you, if I stop and turn around and say, nope, it's because I heard something different, and we're, that's the way we're going to go. Um, because that's how you get free. Do you know that? That's how you get free. It's not about what we think. And I started out with your thoughts on the autopilot of your life. What does that mean? Can you picture a race car driver? He's got his hands on 10 and 2 or wherever he puts his hands, and he's going 90, 50 miles down, excuse me, 500 miles down the speedway, right? Okay, there is a crash up in front of him. What does he look at? Anybody have any ideas? Going 500 miles an hour, you have a split second to make a decision. Where is this man's attention, or this woman? I'm not going to be sexist. We could have women race car drivers. Where is his attention? It's on recovery, isn't it? The brake pedal. No, it can't be on the brake pedal because they got a bunch of people that are right beside him, behind him. He's going to cause some problems, right? He's got to keep going. He's going 500 miles an hour. If he pays attention to the crash, you know where he's going to go? 
he's going to go and he's going to crash. What they teach them is you always look for the recovery point. Always look for a recovery point. So what, what does that mean to us today? What is our recovery point today? Are you fixated on what you don't have, what the pain is in your body, what hasn't been happening that should be happening, or the symptoms that are overtaking, or the duration? I've been dealing with the duration of things lately. Are you dealing with, this has been going on for so long, I don't see any way out of it, and the world says that, and the pain says that, and everything comes against it. But you know you hadn't been so good. I can tell you things, this is the, what's going on in your mind. What does that have to do with the healing power of God manifesting in your life? Let me give you a hint. Absolutely nothing. Everything that's contrary to the word of God can be brought to naught. Now, what the Bible says is that you, take your fingers, make sure they're working, just put them out, just exercise them, and then point them in. This is who is the prophet of their life. So what you say matters. What you think matters. Now, if you have stinking thinking, and let me just tell everybody that includes all of us. Stinking thinking, inoperative words, contrary words, is anything that twisted thinking is anything that's against God's word. So when you get a report from hell, and the report from hell says, listen, this pain that you're experiencing, be thankful because there's more coming that's going to be a lot worse. And you'll never be any better. And by the way, it's going to get worse. And eventually, you're going to be in a state that you won't be able to take care of yourself. Be of good cheer. I have a way out today. I have a way out. And let me give you a hint. The way out is not concentrating on what they said. As a matter of fact, it's never concentrating on what they said. When the situation looks hopeless, looks like there's no chance, anything's coming out, and the diagnosis says that this is how it's going to be and it's only going to get worse, just make a choice. Now, it doesn't seem right. And when everything in your being says, be serious, guess what? You can just laugh. It's okay. Ha, 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 ha. You don't feel like it. You got all this bad thing coming, ha, 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 why? The devil's a liar and a loser, know who your enemy is. The enemy says, you cannot, you will not, it will never be any good. You're going to be in pain all your life. You better get the meds. You know, how many of you know that the answer a lot of times is meds upon meds upon meds, and the meds upon meds upon meds create other things in your body that they want to give you another medication for. All right? So... Thank you, Jesus, for doctors. I thank you for good Christian doctors that pray in the spirit, know what's going on, and can say, this is what we have in the natural. But this is what Dr. Jesus says. And Dr. Jesus says we can do this. What do you want to do? You know, anywhere in the scriptures, never, ever, ever did Jesus make them get well. Now remember, in his own hometown, it says there he could do no mighty miracles because of their unbelief, right? What is the next sentence? What did Jesus do next? About teaching, teaching. Well, does that seem reasonable? Well, to a lot of people, it's not. Well, what does teaching have to do with it? Just poof it on me. Just poof it on me. Lay your hands on me and poof it on me and I'll be all right. And they walk away and they say, I guess I didn't get it. 
Why? Because their autopilot is geared towards, this is what the doctor said, this is the way it's going to be, and I'm going to, I might listen a little bit to what you have to say, but this is too hard. I'm going to tell you what hard is. Hard is doing it their way. I've done it their way and I've done it God's way. And believe me, hard is their way and their end is death to your body. Now, I want you to think about it this way, is you are being evicted. Does anybody like to be evicted? I don't want to be evicted, and I'm not going to be evicted. That's it. I'm not going. Well, what do you mean you're not going? Well, the real, the real truth is your spirit. That's who you are. This is just a suit, just a suit. I want to show you. May I borrow your coat? I want to show you something. What? I thought the one sitting there, but that'll work. Okay. So here is my suit. All right. Now it covers all of me, even though she is so much thinner than I. Okay. This is my suit. This is what, and when you see me, this is what you see all the time. Now, when I leave me, the real me, the spirit of me, this is what happens. I step out. Now, I want to ask you, is there any life in my suit? Without me, there is no life whatsoever. That's all that happens when we leave this earth and go on to eternity. Now, the truth here is that we are a spirit being. We will live for eternity. Thank you. But we decide in this lifetime if we're going to spend eternity in hell or in heaven. I know about you, but I know about me. I'm going upward. And I'm going in the first load, by the way, too. Those that don't want to stay behind, have a party. I'm going. <laughs> but I'm not going before my time. And I'm not going sick. Pretty simple. Okay, so I need three people. Joe, come on up here. Brenda, come on up here. And I need somebody tall. Come on, Jerry. I want to show you something very quickly. You're going to be my problem child today. Will you stand here? Joe, stand there. You stand in right here, please. Now, I want to show you something. The real me, the real you, is the spirit. So here's the spirit man. What it, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit in Genesis said, let us make man in our image. Now, listen, we kind of look different, don't we? She's just petite and just all put together nicely. I'm taller, you know, we're a little different shade of color here. Different. We're different, right? Now, does she look like God or do I look like God? Yes, thank you. That's a good answer. Okay, so we are made in God's image. So the shell, spirit, soul, body, earth suit, shell, the thing that we see, the shell is not what we're talking about. Being made in God's image is the spirit man that lives for eternity. When we're born again, we get a brand new spirit, and God creates, okay? Amen. The soul, the mind, the will, and emotion, this is the problem child, okay? And this one decides what we're going to do here. Are we going to listen to who's hooked up with God, or are we going to listen to this thing that goes around for the ride? Now, this is the body. This is the one that, bless its little heart, cries, I don't feel like getting out of bed today. I don't want to. Church is so long. I don't want to go. What do you mean I can be healed? I'm sick. Don't you know it? I want to stay in bed. Isn't that what it says? There you go. Okay. 
So, but this one right here, the soul encompasses the mind, the will, and the emotions. All right? When you don't feel like it, and it says, you know, the body's saying, I don't feel like doing nothing. Me neither. Let's just stay in bed. What happens to the spirit? Spirit's got to go around for the wide, right? So the spirit's steadily talking because the spirit, there is no lack in the spirit. Spirit hears from God, knows what's going on, hooked up with the Holy Spirit. We're sealed, the Bible says. The earnest of our, our, uh, our redemption, our expectation, all right? Now, remember, the body has been purchased, right? But it's been purchased. It's been paid for. When do we see the results of a glorified body? Not in this lifetime. In the next lifetime, right? That's when we see. So the body has to do something here based on what the mind, the will, and the emotions has decided. So when the mind and the will and the emotions, when they get born again, this is brand new. When you get born again, they decided, the, decided to be born again, received a brand new spirit. But guess what is between the ears here? The same old stuff. What's the same old stuff? We don't know victory. We don't know God loves us. We don't know the things of the... So the, what does the Bible say? Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye constant state of being. That means it goes on and on and on. Transformed. Transformed. Be not conformed. So if you are always doing what you've been doing, you're being conformed by this world, and you're going to be conformed, which means you're going to be molded, and you're going to be put into this little thing. If you want to take a look at what's going on in the world today, right now they're persecuting, they're persecuting every law enforcement. In the, in the western states, somebody ran down four cops, and the crowd there said, go ahead and hit him again. Now, anybody who has half a brain cell working in their, in their mind knows that's not right, and it's certainly against God. So you got to hook up, you got to decide, and you have to stand for what you believe is right based on the Word of God. But if you've never renewed this based on the Word of God, there's no transformation that takes place. Transformation, now, is caterpillar to a butterfly difference. And when you transform by the renewing of your mind, you fly like a butterfly, you are no longer able to crawl like a caterpillar or you're going to get smushed. You will never live out your potential. So this part right here, the Bible says you bring every thought in subjection to the obedience of Christ. What does that mean? The body says, I hurt. The soul says, wait a minute. Okay, what does God say? So the natural man says, I hurt. God says, by my stripes, you were healed. So this decides, are you going to hook up with the body or are you going to allow the spirit? And when the spirit's always talking to you, Nancy told me earlier today, she just got a great teaching on every child of God hears his voice. And if you say that you don't, you're a liar. So God's always talking. Are we listening? So when the spirit man, which is always talking and it's hooked up to God, now listen, I'm going to give you a little hint here. The spirit man inside of us is hooked up with God's spirit. Everybody agrees, right? Yeah. Holy Spirit. Now, when the body is talking and everything is miserable and everything hurts and somebody says there's disease and you're going to die, all right, 
and the soul decides we're going to hook up with God. The soul is getting from the spirit, by his stripes you were healed, by his stripes. Energize your faith. Speak the word only. What do you speak? What the Bible says. The Holy Spirit of God does not go back to Father God and say, Father, listen, Brenda needs a little bit more power because, you know, she's dealing with some stuff in her body. No, it's already in there. It's already in there. You have to release it from here. Get your mind in agreement with God. And guess what? The body has no choice but to go along. For most people, the body leads. And what we're going to do this time is we're going to see the spirit lead. The spirit is leading you, and the mind, will, and emotions are hooking up. The body can't stay. The body has to go. It has no right to stay by itself. Thank you all. Does that make sense? So we're dealing with the soulish area, and what we're doing today, we're getting the cobwebs out. Anything, here should be our thing, anything that disagrees with God's word. Father, I repent. I receive your word, and your word is final authority. I think the best definition I've heard of a quality decision is from Kenneth Copeland. And I always think of the line, it's drawn, I'm on it. Quality decision means there's no more argument. I've made the decision. I am what God says that I am, and I receive, and I am a vessel. By the way, if I haven't told you, these hands are anointed to lay hands on the sick, and they recover. Doesn't matter if you need a creative miracle, and I will tell you what I've seen in the last few months. More than anything else, I've seen the deep, dark recesses of people be enlightened by the things of God. I mean, deep, dark. I've had some just within the last couple of weeks, abuse. I mean, we're talking horrible stuff. And they opened up to God, and Holy Spirit just went in, and they were free. They left different. I saw the chains just melt. So it doesn't matter what kind of bondage you're in today. You know, somebody came up, and they wanted me to pray for their ear. And uh, I said, okay, not a problem. And she whipped her hair back, and she didn't have an ear. So we're going for a creative miracle. I mean, God, it doesn't, God does not limit it's whatever you need is yours. It doesn't matter how old it is. It doesn't matter how new it is. It doesn't matter if they said death tomorrow, but God. Now, I do have to say from experience, it's so much easier to build your house when the storm is not raging, but it's never impossible. So whatever you have today, build, build, build. Get rid of the things that do not agree with God's word. Let me tell you about autopilot. What you think about, you meditate on. You spend time. What you meditate on, you start to talk about. What you start to talk about, you act upon. What you act upon, you develop habits, and your habits control you. Pretty simple. How does that work? Well, in the natural, what is the natural way? You get a report. The report says um, you have this some kind of X, Y, Z disease, and nobody has it like you've got it, and it's going to be there forever, and yada, 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 and you're in the doctor's office, you're like a deer in a headlight and thinking, okay, what am I going to do? And a thousand things race by your mind. What's the first thing you ought to do? But God. But God. You don't have to argue with them. Most of them don't understand. It doesn't make any difference as long as you do. But God. But God. But God. 
I got this horrendous report in January of this year, and um, I text a couple people, and I said, awful report, horrible report, but I know something about God. Will you pray? We are believing for such and such. Don't tell everybody everything. They don't need to know. They don't energize your faith, and they're going to be like they were probably with Peter in the boat when Peter's getting out. Can you imagine how many said, don't do it? Don't do it. You're going to drown. You know what? Well, you know what? If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it by faith regardless. And if I go, I'm going to go by faith. See, when you settle the fact that death does not have any sting for you whatsoever, when you settle that, it's not a hard thing. Now, everybody's got to face different things, and um, I can't say uh, how I would react to a particular thing, but I know a little something about some things, and I believe that I would choose God no matter what. Choose God. See, your faith makes a way for you. Your faith will carve a way when there's no way that looks possible. None. And we're coming to the day and age in our time that they will know where we stand. That's what the Bible talks about. You're going to know the believers versus the unbelievers. There's come a t point in time, I believe, that we're going to have to use our faith to be whole. You know, we're not going to have the option of doctors. We're going to have to use our faith. What better time to get on it and do it? But whatever you have going on in your body today, you can tell it to stop. You have authority. I finished the quality decision. There's no, there's no more argument, but there's no retreat. Now, there's something about no retreat that it takes a little while to get to the quality decision, but when you decide it doesn't matter what's happening and there's no, no retreat, you're prepared to fight for something, aren't you? But the wonderful thing is the Bible says that the battle is the Lord's and the victory is ours. So how do we get it? Let's look at a couple different things. Um, I can tell you bunches of stuff about spirit, soul, and body, and if we have time, we'll get back to that. You know, when you're playing a radio, when you turn the station off, what happens? Does the station cease to exist? No, it's still playing, right? But you no longer have ears to hear, do you? Well, Holy Spirit is always speaking something. Well, I, well he's always talking. He may not be talking every minute. Let me just put it that way. But he is always available if you want to hear something. And so instead of consulting man's wisdom, start talking to him in every little thing that you can think of. Because what you do in the little, you'll do in much. Biblical principle. And if you'll do it in just a little bit, and if you don't know where to start and you haven't had that experience, and you want ears to hear, acknowledge him for everything. You get a pain in your body, the first thing ought to be, Holy Spirit, what say you? See what rises up inside. What does the scripture say to you? I know this. He says, don't take the thought saying when the pain comes to your body. You shouldn't be saying, well, I hurt so bad. I think I'm going to just not make it. That is anti-God, anti-scriptural. What do you say? Take the word of God and apply it. Find, you don't have to have 100 scriptures. Find two, three, four of them. But, you know, I'll I give you a hint here. If you talk to Holy Spirit and you ask him what scripture to use, there is so much power and might in what you hear. Your faith hooks up with it. And 
I don't know about you, but I've experienced that I have much better results when I hook up with Holy Spirit. I can speak the word and speak the word and speak the word, but I get one word from God, and it cuts through something in my thinking. And I got that from God, and this is what I'm doing. The other day, I've been dealing with this issue and dealing with this issue, and I'm asking God this, and I'm asking God that, and, but I really wasn't serious, serious about it. I, I knew I wasn't, and I spent a little time fasting in prayer with a friend, and, and uh, I was just laying on the floor, just, and I said, well, Lord, what am I going to do about this thing? It's just kind of like a haphazard. I really wasn't seeking. I was just asking a question. I heard the Holy Spirit say, call so-and-so. So this thing that I've been dealing with for over a year I had, within two days, I had a resolution. And we're walking it out, and it completes here very shortly. One word from God. So how does that apply to healing? You got something in your body? Find out if there's a source of it. Sometimes there's a source of things, you know. Do you have any unforgiveness anywhere? Anywhere. I heard this teaching when I was in Augusta, and this, the woman that was talking just... In, in passing says, I find no fault. I don't find any fault with that person or whatever. It went off in my spirit. And so for the last month, I said, I don't, I don't find any fault. I couldn't be madder than a hatter at somebody. I don't find any fault. I forgive. You know how that has released? And now Kenneth Copeland has an article in this Sunday, in this, uh, in this monthly paper that goes right with it. And the person that was talking, writing the article, said that when that, those words were spoken to him, something broke off of him and has never, ever been able to come back. The forgiveness. And so when you're irritated with somebody, I find no fault. Because if you find fault and you hold unforgiveness, you're blocking, you're healing. That's a big thing you don't realize, but when you're sitting there and you're irritated with somebody, you know, sometimes I have to think, well, let me think. Do I want to be irritated or do I want healing? You know, listen, there's been a couple times I wanted to be irritated, but I quickly came around to, I want healing. Forgive me. Forgive me. And it's okay. Walk the course. Walk the path. Be renewed in your thinking. Your autopilot needs to be so when you're driving down the road, you let go of the steering wheel, the autopilot takes over. It needs to be health and healing. That needs to be the natural thing. Right now, it's by his stripes, I'm healed. By his stripes, I'm healed. When you let go, you want the natural course. You get a bad report, and inside, Okay, but God, you're not going to argue with anybody, but you're going to say inside, you're taking your stand, you're going to make the fun. But God, you got a headache coming on you? In the name of Jesus, get off of me. You do not belong to me. Get off. Oppression and depression has been something that's been really prevalent lately for whatever reason. I dealt with it years ago. I never knew what it was until somebody prayed for me, and I was instantly, it was gone. And then over the course of years, I've been learning, I learned to identify it. And it's an interesting thing because I can identify it on other people, but I can identify it on me now. And so when it comes, and I have to have somebody go pray for me. I take my authority, and it goes. It doesn't stay. It has no right. But I've learned what that authority is, and it goes by the words of my mouth, hooked up with God's word, not conformed to this world, but transformed. I'm changed, so I no longer am under any circumstances, but I've been transformed because I took the word of God, I 
put it out of my mouth. I put it in my ears. I put it in my eyes. I sunk it in my heart. And now when I speak, I am hooked up to the life giver. And I know that I know that I know that oppression and depression has no rights on me. Get off. Headaches don't have any rights. Don't need to tile it all much anymore. Occasionally, I get weak in what I'm doing, but for the most part, it comes on. It's like, mm -mm, no. See, if you look at this this way, I'm still talking about transformation. If somebody came into your house and started taking all your things, would you sit on the couch and say, oh, that's okay? You know, no, you're not going to do that. You're going to fight, right? Well, if you identify the thief, the liar, the loser, by the symptoms. So you've got pain coming on your body. Is it of God or the enemy? Well, you know, we have to, we have to settle. Is God give you anything to teach you something? What does the scripture say? Now, the scripture says, who did he give you to teach you something? Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you all the truth. Does God push you anywhere? No. No. What does he do? He leads and guides, still small voice, by his word. These are all practical things. This is for somebody today. We need to get out the junk and, and, and renew. We want to be transformed. We can no longer walk as caterpillars. We've got to soar. And in order to soar, you've got to have your wings. In order to have your wings, you've got to know what God says about it. You can't fly without his power. Simple as that. But he already gave it to you. He who is in us is greater than he that's in the world. It's already done. So what we do is, Mark 4, let's go over there. Mark 4 and verse 9, and he said unto them, He that has ears to hear, let him hear. Whose responsibility is it to hear? It's ours, isn't it? Okay. And verse 11 says, and he said unto them, unto you, say unto me, it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. So who has it been given to to know the mysteries? Me, you, right? So let me just ask you something. It is, it, uh, he goes on to talk about the parables, and he said it's hidden to those that don't understand. Well, let, let's just read it. It's better that way. It's not me, it's God. Um, but unto them that are without. Now, I looked at what without meant. And if you have time, go, don't go into it now. But Revelations 22, 15 talks about without. It is not good, but we're not without. All these things are done in parables that seeing they may see and not perceive and hearing they may hear and not understand. Has that ever been you looking at the Bible? It's like you look at it, you look at it, you look at it, you look at it, and you think, I don't get it, God. Have you ever been there? Yes. And what happens? You keep looking, right? You keep looking. You start seeking. You ask God. And do you ever get a revelation? Do you ever open the Bible, a chapter or a book you've read and read and read and read, and all of a sudden it's like it's dancing out at you? It's called revelation knowledge. Remember, it says you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And how, does people, how do people quote that? The truth will set you free? Uh-uh. you got to have the whole scripture. You will know the truth. So it's the truth that you know that sets you free. It's not the truth that I know. It's what you know that sets you free. So, and not to be discouraging, you don't have to study for 100 years to get something out of the Bible. You can study as little as a couple seconds. I encourage you, when you, God is serious about those people who are serious about him. 
in the mystery. Now, I've been diamond hunting. Anybody ever been diamond hunting? I've been gold hunting too. I have never, ever, in all the time I've been and looked, I have never found a 10-carat diamond sitting on the pathway waiting for me to pick up. Mm -hmm. I've had to dig. It's been hard. It's been ugly. It's heavy. I'm tired when I get done. And a lot of times, unlike finding things in the Bible, I don't find the diamond I'm looking for. But now listen, one day, one time we find gold. This pertains to the scriptures, so I'm going to... You know how it says... Um, it, I believe it's in the Proverbs. It talks about the refining of gold and the refining of your faith. I can't think of the scripture. But my dad found gold one time, and he had to chip it out of the veins of the rock. And he took mercury, put all the chips, the good stuff and the, not so, and the gold all combined because it was just a sliver running through there, and he put it in a, um, a shotgun shell cap so you know how big that's not. And he put all that in there, put some mercury in it, and he heated it up. Now, the Bible talks about the trying of your faith. And as it got heated and heated, nothing looked like anything was going on. It was all in that little cap. And all of a sudden, the gold popped out, a little bead, and the mercury was a little bead. And all the impurities were in the mercury. And the gold was pure and beautiful. But it took the heat of the circumstances to separate the good from the not so good. But it came out pure. It came out pure. That's how we come out when we come out healed. But if you don't see it, if you don't get it, you don't see it before you see it, you'll never see it. You understand that? You, faith is when? Now. Faith is now. Faith is now. So, Mark 11, 23 and 24 says, those things, you speak to the mountain, command it to be removed, cast in the sea, if you will not doubt in your heart, but believe that those things that you say shall come to pass, you shall have whatsoever you say. Now, it talks about when you pray, believe that you receive. So I do this oftentimes. God has already done everything he's going to do. Is that a shock or what? Now, he does still watch over his word to perform it, but as far as the healing is gone, as far as being free, it's already done. When was it done? At the cross, right? All right? And what it says is that Jesus, it, all, all iniquity was put on him, all disease, everything anti-God was put on him. The debt was paid. God is no longer mad at us. And it says he bore it, but then he carried it away. So if you're trying to hang on to it, you're against God. Did you know that? Did you know that if you don't believe that God's a healer and that God heals you now, today, it's done, that it's an evil heart of unbelief? Ooh, that got me. But listen, God's not condemning us. It's already been paid for. All we have to do is position ourselves to receive and get in line with what God says. So when you receive something, if Pastor Bob asked me for a pen and he keeps asking me for a pen, I'm going I'm to put the pen right there. Now, does Pastor Bob have the pen? Yes and no. Okay. The pen is there. Can Pastor Bob use the pen? Why not? He never took possession, did he? All right. God has already sent his word. God has already given us 
healing. God has already given us prosperity. God has already given us deliverance. The problem is a lot of times is we refuse to take it. See, there is a completion of what he's done. He's already given. We need to take possession. Now, when you have possession, are you any more looking to get possession? You're looking how to use what you have, right? But how many people have healing in their body? It's inside of them. The same, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you and will quicken your moral body. So you already have it, but what do most people say? Please, God, heal me. Please. They never take possession of what was already done. So you have to literally take possession of your healing. How do I do that? Let's do an example. Well, let me finish with Mark 4, and then we're going to go to um, Mark 10. Let's see. So he said, verse 12, seeing that they may see and not perceive, hearing that they may hear and not understand, least at any time God should convert them. Is that what that says? They should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. Who decides? Who decides, God or you? We do. We decide we're going to hear. We decide that we're going to not be conformed to this world, but we're going to be transformed by changing the way we think to agree with how God thinks and receive what he says is ours and then act like we have it. That's a big thing, isn't it? If you can't praise God for your healing when you have no evidence of it being healed, now, what happens in today's society is pretty much this, is, well, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. My thing was all is well. Somebody asked me anything, all is well. I have people mad at me literally today because I wouldn't give them the dirt on what was going on. I had somebody tell me just a month ago, well, you need to call me and tell me what happened because I don't have closure. I can't help it. I can't help it. But see, that, that means that you're going to have to stand a place that you've not stood before, and you're going to have to be willing to not be the, the apple of everybody's eye because you've got to go God's way. See, and if you'll decide that before you get into it, it's not a hard thing. Now, sometimes it is difficult, and you know, I'm not making light of things. When your pain is, when pain's racking your body and somebody's coming along and say, oh, honey, what can I do for you? Just lay up and don't do anything. But the Spirit of the Lord is telling you by the stripes, you're healed. You need to do something. You need to do something. Now, it's not always something to do except for confessing. Sometimes you just get in the Word of God and get when you don't feel like it is the time to say, Father, by your stripes, by the stripes of Jesus, by what Jesus did. You have provided this for me. This pain has no right in my body, and I come against it in the name of Jesus. Now, is pain fun? No, it's not. Let's face it. We're not lying about it, but the truth of the matter is is that the truth will change the facts. The facts say that this is not any good. You're going to have this forever. The truth says it's already done. Yeah, praise God. It's already done. It's already done. It's already done. Whose report do you believe? Are you going to be in unison with God or are you going to be in unison with your flesh? Who are you going to agree with? Now, listen, God's got grace and mercy. 
you miss it, so what? Don't let the devil beat you up. Just pick up and go on. I repent. Can't tell you how many times you ever said, I repent, Lord. Now, repenting doesn't mean that you just say, oh, I'm so sorry. It means that you turn and you go the other way. I read this marquee one time, all these boxes. It says everybody gets gifts, but not everybody opens the package. Well, you have the gift of healing today. Your life can be different. You don't have to wait till we pray. You can receive it now. You get it now and jump up. We're happy for you. We'll celebrate. We don't care. We can stop what we're doing and celebrate with God. See, God's not holding anything from you, nothing. He's giving it to you. If there's no way, now I don't know who this is for, but this keeps coming, so listen. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm not looking at anybody. If no way looks possible for you, your faith will part based on the word of God. You get with God. You find the words that talk to your circumstance, and your faith will part the way because the enemy tells you, yeah, but this, and no, you can't this, and this is not this. Don't listen. Don't listen. Tune him out. He is a liar and a loser. Ha ha. No, no. We play till we win. Pretty much it. If you quit, you cave up, and you give in, you will never win. So we don't quit, we don't cave in, we don't give up. He said, 13, know you not this parable, and then how will you know all parables? He said to his disciples, don't you know this? And if you don't know this parable, how are you going to know anything? So Jesus said this is pretty important. He said the sower sows the word, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their heart. Now, if you go to Matthew 13 and look at that, it says what is the enemy is able to take away is the word that's not understood. So if you hear something today that you don't understand, go write it down, go research it. Because if you don't get some understanding, then the enemy has the perfect right to take it away. I heard somebody one time that could, um, she was just walking in the spirit and some things, and she said the glorious meeting, people were getting healed. And as they went out the door, um, she said she saw this thing, and it just went like this, went like this. And she said what it was is that they went out, they were losing what was sown in their hearts because they didn't understand and they wouldn't have ears to hear. It's really important that we have ears to hear. Okay. And these are, let's see, and these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground who when they have heard the word immediately receive it with gladness. But they have no root in themselves. No root, no endurance. So you got to have the root for endurance. Now listen, afterward, when affliction or persecution arises, for what reason? Can you get this? When the uh, persecution or affliction arises, for the word's sake, it's coming to steal the word out of you. Why? No word, no success, right? No results, no word. If, if the enemy can get the word out of you, guard your heart with all diligence because out of it flow the forces of life. Can I say it this way? Guard the word in your heart 
because it is your method to walk in the fullness, to receive your healing, to beat when everything else says that you will not, you will not be victorious and pain's going to get you and death is going to get you. You can stand up and say, but God. But you're not going to do it from here. You're going to have it in here. Something is going to rise up and say, I'll tell you what. I don't care what it looks like. Doesn't make any difference. I don't even care what it feels like because I know that I know that I know my God said this, and He's no respecter of persons. What He said and done for you, He's going to do for me, and I call it done. And so I'm not moving. I am not moving off of what my quality of decision is that I am healed. I am free. I refuse to have that stuff. Thank you, Lord. I refuse to have that stuff. God said, if you have strife in your house, healing does not reside there. Get the strife out. I didn't do anything wrong. Who cares? God's had me call somebody up and apologize. I wasn't even wrong. I thought, that's not fair. Who cares? Do you want healing or do you want to be quote-unquote right? Who cares? Do what God says. If you do what God says, you get God's results. Pretty simple. I want to be pain-free. What do you want me to do, Lord? If I got something there, let me get it cleaned out. It doesn't make any difference. Okay, so they have no root in themselves, but endure for a time. Afterward, affliction or persecution arises to come and steal the word out of you. Immediately, they are offended. Do you know how much offense stops healing from coming in? Well, you don't know what they did. No, I don't know what they did. If it's too big for Jesus, we're all in trouble. Don't care. Don't care about that stuff. Care more about the word of God. You know, God has a way. He said the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. Well, start thinking about one of his weapons. Well, I got to thinking about this on a trip one time, and I got, well, what are God's weapons? Well, what's the first weapon? Love. How did God say respond? He said never respond evil for evil. And as a matter of fact, he said... He said this thing, too, which I find fascinating. I've seen it in action. If you respond evil for good, evil will not depart from your house. So if somebody did something wrong, but they made it up, and you decided you weren't going to forgive, and you were evil against them, ooh, evil will not depart. I've seen this in action in people. They respond for what people have done good to them for evil, and they're in trouble all the time. They can't figure out what's wrong. God's got a plan. Now think about this. He said that they're not carnal, but they're mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, how many strongholds do we have in our lives that we don't know about? There's things that I find and I'm thinking, ooh, I thought that was done. Now, just think about even a person that's not been born again. They got plenty of strongholds, don't they? So when they're evil to you and you respond in love, God has gone in there and... All the strongholds have just melted. You ever seen anybody that all of a sudden changed their attitude towards you and were kind because you responded in love when you had a quote-unquote right to respond ugly to somebody? You have allowed God to go in there and do something that only God could do. So think about that. God's got a, he said, vengeance is his. God's got a plan and a purpose. Well, it's not fair. God's fair and just. you got to trust, believe God he's working on your behalf. Okay, I'm going to speed up here. So, offense is a horrible thing. Look for it. Get it out. 
Actively repent. I don't care if you have to repent a hundred times a day. Get it out. Forgiveness is a choice. All it is is a choice. I forgive. Your emotions don't want to hook up with that, but eventually they will, and you know you truly have forgiven somebody. When you see that person, they come, and no emotional tie comes with it. No ugly thing comes. You know it's completely cut. But the more you walk in that, the easier it is to forgive. And I'll tell you what, you get to the point. Now, I find no offense. I find no fault with them at all. It frees you up. It frees you up. Okay, and these are which are sown amongst thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in, choke the word off. And what happens? And it becomes unfruitful. Notice, in this thing, somebody does a lot of work because they got the word of God working. It's working in them. It says it becomes unfruitful. Do you know that fruit is being produced in this thing? Nothing ever ripens because it chokes it off. It chokes off the supply of things. And these are they which are sown on good ground. Hear the word, receive the word, and bring forth fruit, some 30, 60, and some 100-fold. I want all of that to be for me. Receive and bring. Who wants to do all the work? Stand, 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 and get to the end and have the fruit choked off? Not me. So guard your heart. Be, here, be quick to hear. Now, verse 23 says, If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. Take heed what you hear, for what measure you measure it, it shall be measured to you again, and those that hear shall more be given. I used to think that was not fair. <laughs> I thought, oh, no, I can't believe it. The ones that have it get more. How is that fair? Well, when you understand what he's talking about, how many of you know all have learned your mathematical tables? Four times four, 12 times 12, right? Okay, now, how much is 11 times 11? 121, okay. Why were you not quick to tell me what they were? You don't use it, you lose it, right? You had it in there. You could have actually come up with it, just might have taken you a little time. You don't use it, you lose it kind of similar to the principle to those of that will have ears and use it you will have more ears to hear and you will build and build and build and not only will two times two be easy but 12 times 12 will be easy 11 times 11. you build god will give you more and give you more and give you more and give you more because you have ears to hear you won't stay the same but to those who have heard and no longer are willing to hear, then it's being taken. You lose that what you have. Baked potatoes are a great example. Anybody love a baked potato? I love a good baked potato. Steaming hot, goodies on top of it. As long as it's in front of you, you never take your fork and put it in, put it in your mouth. The nutrients are always in the potato. They will never enter you unless you do it, make an effort to get it in your mouth. You can't admire the Word of God by far. You've got to partake of the Word of God every single day. Just like you need natural food, you need spiritual food. You use it up. So you have to get replenished. That word that you knew five years ago needs to be replenished. You can't come and feed once a week. And let me put it this way. The enemy works 24-7. If you think you can come to church once a week, and not open your Bible in between and get the answer to your situation in you every single day, you won't have victory. It just The math doesn't work on it. You can't feed on the world 24-7 and have one hour 
during the week and have victory. He who is in you is greater than he that's in the world. If your soul is lined up with your spirit, to your body will come around for the ride. It will do what it's supposed to do if you're hooked up with the power. Another way to put it, if you never plug into the electrical outlet, the electricity is flowing all the time. If there's a proper way to plug in, you plug in. If you put your finger in there, you will get something, but it won't be what you want. There's a proper way. There's a proper way to plug in. Do it God's way, you get God's results. Okay, let's go down real quick. Um, verse 30. Wherefore shall we liken the kingdom of God, or what comparison shall we compare it? The kingdom of God is like a grain of mustard seed, which when it is sown in the earth is less than all the seeds that be in the earth. So let's put it in a, in a data thing. Putting the word of God in you and speaking it out of your mouth, does it seem like a reasonable thing to do? When you don't know the word of God, no, it's not. It's like, well, what is that going to do? What is that going to do? But to those of us that know the word of God and know the power of God, we know that is the avenue to get the possession and what we already have and, and take that possession and see the manifestation of it. Okay, so it's like a grain of mustard seed which is sown in the earth is less, it seems foolish, it's less than all the seeds that be sown, but when it is sown, the seed that you planted grows up and becomes. What does it grow up and become? What did you plant? Did you plant healing? So you planted the seed of healing. By his stripes, I was healed. He sent his word and healed me and delivered me from everything that they said was wrong with me. That's your seed, right? What plant grows up? Healing, health, restoration in my body, pain-free. Eyes that see, ears that hear. Energy to do things that I didn't even feel like doing 10 years ago. I got more energy to do. Okay, so let's go over there to Mark 10. I want to show you a specific thing, and then I'm going to close. This has been quite a bit different than my notes, but 10 and 46 is where we're going to go. I want you to see a couple things in this. This is blind Bartimaeus, and he said, um, and they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the high, with a great number of people, his time, excuse me. Uh, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And they, many charged him that he should hold his peace but he cried the more a great deal. Now, let's look at something here. He did something. He heard of Jesus, right? So how long do you think blind Bartimaeus was sitting by the wayside there? A day, a couple hours? Probably years, would you not think? It doesn't say specifically, but um, if you look at what is happening here, He's crying out. He heard of Jesus. Well, you're hearing of Jesus today, right? Now, you're hearing what Jesus did. Blind Bartimaeus, Jesus came by, right? 
Did Jesus stop and say, let's find blind Bartimaeus. I want to know where he's at because I'm going to do something for him today. He didn't do it, did he? So there was something that was available that required action. So blind Bartimaeus started hollering. Now let's find out what his friends did or his not-so-friends did. And many charged him that he should hold his peace, verse 48. Can you picture it? They're out there. Jesus has got a plan and a purpose. He's already working his plan, isn't he? Because there's a big crowd. Jesus was busy. Can we say it this way? He was busy doing God's thing because he never did anything except what the Father told him to do or what he, what he heard the Father say. And the Father said, this is my beloved Son in, him, in whom I'm well pleased. So we knew from the Scriptures that Jesus is about doing the Father's business. And so he's walking with many, many, many other people. And blind Bartimaeus hears that Jesus is coming, and he starts hollering for Jesus. His response to what he heard Jesus did and what did the folks around him say basically told him to shut up, right? And when they heard that it was Jesus, he began to cry and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But what did he do? So all these people around him saying, shh, shh, don't bother the master. Shh, shh, be quiet. No. And what did he do in response? He knew there was something for him by what he heard that Jesus was doing for people, and so he cried all the more. So he didn't get more timid about his faith. He stepped up his faith, did he not? And he cried the more a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still. Now, a couple things here. Jesus stood still. Whose faith made Jesus stand still? Bartimaeus says, what happened to all those multitude of people around him? They followed Jesus, didn't they? So one man's faith at this point in time stopped Jesus and moved the tide of where they were going. Let me ask you this. Was Jesus ever out of the will of God? So we can see that blind Bartimaeus was inside the will of God asking for what he's asking for, right? Otherwise, Jesus would have never stopped. Or if he did, he would have rebuked it, right? He didn't do any of that. Now, what are your friends doing? You're believing God. Who are you hooked up with it? Are you hooked up with those that say, shh, shh, shh? Or are you hooked up with those that say, come on, you can do this? God is already on your side. What do we need to do to help you to position yourself to receive? You got to know, if you're running with 80% of the people, you're running the wrong way. Go the other way. The 20% that are going after God, the 80% that are going after the things of the world, you're going the wrong way. Do you want what they get? I don't. You're going to have to have some courage to get because people are going to tell you, no, you're nuts. No, you can't. Do you not know this? And everything that goes with it, make a quality decision to receive from God no matter what. You know, how long will it take? Brother Hagen says... If you're prepared to stand forever, it won't take very long. So, okay, Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Have you ever heard, well, if God wants to heal me, he'll do it in his time. D don't you think that this disproves that? It disproves that. 
He said, And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Oh, be of good comfort. Rise, for he calls you. Know who your friends are. These are not friends. They're not friends. The ones that will stand with you in thick and thin, those are friends. The ones that are going to pull you away from God, get rid of them. Get rid of them. For the season, maybe you can be a witness later, listen to God, but get them out of your life. Those that are contrary to your healing and telling you everything that you're not supposed to do, get rid of them. It's a hard thing, but do it for a season. You will be healed and whole. You can come back and minister and tell what great things God has done for you. Be of good comfort, rise, he calls thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. What does the garment have to do with anything? It was a beggar's garment. It identified him where he was. Now, what do we think of today? Social security, disability. I'm not knocking social security, disability. Thank God for it. But um, my friend had somebody who wanted to know before he prayed what would happen to their social security check. And he said, healed people don't receive social security checks. She said, don't pray for me. And I'm thinking it's three or five years later she had gone on. Two years, pardon me. Two years later she had gone on. Now, nothing wrong with the Social Security check. Take it in faith. Do it in faith. Believe God for restoration. But do you not think that if God heals you, that he's already provided for you, that he would not provide another avenue for finances? Why do we limit God? So, so it goes away. So what? If you know what God says about it, then you know that God's already provided something for you. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. You've got it. So those are what you look at. Get rid of the ones that say you can't do it. And he, casting away his garment, he made a quality decision right at that moment because that garment gave him the right to beg. He got rid of it. And what he did was he decided, I'm going to leave the sickness and disease behind. I'm going to go through this crowd of people that have told me not to do this, that I shouldn't do it. He took great, he took great strength he had to overcome some great obstacles, let me put it this way. And he went to Jesus. Now, you would think the next thing would be that poof, Jesus would heal him. But that's not what happens. Let's look at it. He said that he rose, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What will you that I should do for you? Now, how many people say, well, God knows what I need. He'll do it. But Jesus, who did the will of the God, the Father, who only did the will of the Father, asked blind Bartimaeus, uh, son, what do you need? Now, do you think blind Bartimaeus said, well, can't you see? I can't see. I want a sight. You know, he didn't get an attitude about anything. He said, the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go your way, my faith has healed you. Okay, what does it say? Go your way, your faith has made you whole. There's a difference between healing and wholeness. Made you whole. He, Jesus never said, my faith made you whole. He said, your faith. 
blind Bartimaeus decided how he was getting healing. Can you see that? You decide how you're going to receive it. You make the statement. You stand up. You make the quality decision. God's already done his part. And he's saying to you, what do you want today? No, it's not limited to just healing today. You, you got other things in your life. You can get other things. You got needs. God says he meets every need according to his riches and glory, not according to the lack on this earth. You know, you'll have a job that you particularly like. Well, guess what? Lift up your eyes. Because I lift up my eyes from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord which made the heaven and the earth. My help, my deliverance, my freedom, my pain-free lifestyle comes from the Lord. I refuse to look at what's banging me all over the place, what I can't do, what I'm restricted from, what hurts, what doesn't hurt. But I'm going to take my full armor of God. I'm going to stand in what God says is mine. I am going to enforce the word of God. I'm going to leave you with this picture. You have an acre of land that belongs to you. It's the most beautiful acre you've ever seen in your life. It's absolutely beautiful, and you're enjoying it. You walk around it. You thank God for it. You think it's wonderful. One day, somebody comes and squats on it. But they're in the back corner behind some trees, and you can't really see them. And so... Because you really don't want to, you want to get along with everybody, you want to make any waves, everything's cool, you don't want to go over there and have it, you don't want to confront. I hear all this all the time. I don't like confrontation. Well, you know, I'm here to tell you, if you don't like confrontation, get over it, because the devil does. And unless you're standing and willing to use the equipment God gave you, unless you're willing to do it, you're going to lose. Do you want to lose? He said, we reap, we will reap, we reap, we will reap if we faint not. But you can't not be confrontational with the enemy. Yeah, but he'll know where I'm at. Well, you know, he already knows where you're at. It's not a problem. And if you're running from him, you're going the wrong way. But now on the converse, remember how many people say, well, if you do something bad, God will get you. If God was out to get you, tell me exactly how long it would take for him to find you. See, that's kind of dumb. I mean, when you look at it, it's really stupid. Pastor said this one time, he said, he said, if sickness was God's will, you would have to use your faith to get it on your body. Ooh. <laughs> Thank God it's not. You know, but now if you believe God gave you sickness to teach you something or you believe the sickness came from God, did you go to the doctor? Did you try to get rid of it? Why would you want to be against God's will like that? Why don't you just ask for more? He also said this. He said if we really, if sickness was really from God, then we would have to use our faith and we would rejoice every time somebody got a bad report and said they're going to die. We'd be excited for them. <laughs> See, now that didn't make sense. And lastly, when you go to pray for somebody and you're praying, oh, Lord, if it be thy will, if not, kill them. See, we don't say that part, but that's exactly what we're saying. Lord, if it be your will, pray, you know, heal them. But if not, kill them. I mean, that's how that is, really. And then if they don't get it, it's kind of like, well, you know, God wanted another angel in heaven. no. You're not an angel. You're not going to be an angel. And God does not want you to go early. What happens when you check out early and everything God has put in you to complete? 
is not done because you left. Don't be evicted. Refuse. I'm not going to be evicted ever. I'm going to live out my life and do. Back to the acreage. I didn't forget. So here on your acreage, on your beautiful acreage, somebody is camping out. You don't say anything. You don't do anything. You think, well, it's only a little bit of land. It's no big deal. <clears throat> and so pretty soon they brought friends, and they're camping all over the place. They're camping not only in the little corner. Now they're kind of in the middle. And you think, well, I still have this part here, I don't really see him, I want him. Well, pretty soon they got more friends. And now they got an egress and an ingress, and they're coming and they're going, and they got all your property torn up. And so you go in there and say, Well, you know, this is my property. Would you please go? No, I've been here now for five years. I got squatters' rights. I'm not going. You ever hear of homesteading? I'm homesteading. You'll have to go get the authorities to do something. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard in this day and age, but people are occupying other people's houses and claiming that they have ownership, and the cops are not even evicting them. I don't get it. But you've got one that's already paid the price. You don't have to do the evicting, but you go to him. He will make sure he watches over his word to perform it. But you're responsible for taking your authority in commanding that to go. You're responsible for putting that thing on notice. I'll tell you what, I don't care if you've been here 25 years, it doesn't make any difference. This is mine, and it, I belong to God. This is God's property. I'm telling you to get off and get out. You stand your ground. You use your authority. You take the word of God. You tell your body, get in line. The word of God says that I am healed. Now, listen, I may have missed it in the past, but I don't care. I've repented. God's cleansed me, and I know who I am in Christ. And right now, today, you're going. I'm not putting up with you anymore. Get out in the name of Jesus. So two minutes later, the pain comes, and it comes back worse. <laughs> I guess it doesn't work for me. No. You stand up. You take your authority in Christ. You talk to it, and you talk to it, and you talk to it. You get a prayer partner that will help you talk to it. You take the word that has power, which is the word of God, you use it on your circumstances. You refuse to let what your eyes see be your governing factor. You go. You speak the word. It has to work for you. The enemy has to obey. It has no right not to. But as long as you allow it on your property... As long as you permit it to stay, it has legal rights to stay. Evict it. You don't have to do the heavy lifting. God does that. All you have to do is speak the word. Speak the word. Speak the word. All right. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you and we praise you and we worship you for your word today. I thank you, Father, that your word has gone out. It has remove the burdens and destroy the yokes of bondage. I thank you, Father, for that. I thank you that we'll never leave, that we, we will not leave the same way we came, that you have something for each and every person that came today. Big, small, in between doesn't make any difference. And there's some things that we don't even know about that the Spirit of the Lord is dealing with us today. And I thank you for that, Father. I'm reminded of that, and I thank you for it. Now, Father, we thank you for signs following your word has gone forth as you've instructed, and I thank you. I thank you. It's been unusual. It's been a more of a teaching thing today, but I thank you for that. But I know that it has set people free, and I thank you, Father, that creative miracles abound here. 
and things of long duration have no right or authority and they are broken in the name of Jesus. And you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we receive what you said today. We receive and we apply it to our bodies and we declare wholeness and healing resides in us. But Father, you said that signs would follow the preaching of the word. So we're just going to believe you for that. We believe you for that right now and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, if you would like prayer this morning, if you'd like for us to pray for you, if you just come up and have a seat, maybe every other one on the front row, and um, we will be happy to... Yes, that's fine. Yes, perfect. Did you have anything you want to add?